Hello there. Welcome to the Oblivious Maximus podcast for another week. I am your host, Aaron Osborne. This week, my guest is Youngie from King Parrot. Um, I have known... Well, I should say his full name, Matt Young, I suppose. I've known Youngie for uh, quite a few years now, I guess, through playing shows with King Parrot and... um, you know, him being a relative fixture of the Australian metal scene. Um, I exist has played a lot with those guys and we all get along with them pretty well. And I talked to Slats on the podcast previously as well. So for all of you King Parrot fans tuning in, there is another episode that you might be interested in. Um, yeah, I met with Youngie at the Northcote Social Club and we had some food and some beers and sat in the beer garden and it was really fun. Um... It was really interesting to talk to him. We talked about, you know, sort of the slugging success that uh, King Parrot have found themselves in now after many years of playing shows and touring and, um, you know, sort of the world stage that they've found, they've found themselves on now, which is awesome for them. Um, and, you know, sort of the how Youngie got into music and got involved with metal and playing in Melbourne and stuff like that too. So it was rad to talk to him about all that. Um, yeah. And in other news, I am still working on getting the Melbourne, oh, sorry, not the Melbourne one, the Brisbane live podcast uh, audio put together. I appear to have fucked it somehow and I'm trying to fix it so I can put it online, but I will endeavor to do that as soon as possible. Um, otherwise, you can go and check out, you know, the previous live ones that I did and last week's episode with Rachel Maria Cox and all the other old ones are on, you know, the Oblivious Maximus SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, our website, all that stuff. Um, another thing that I want to spruik before I go is Callum Preston, three-time guest of this podcast, has started up his Shack Sessions, which are an interview and music playing performance type show filmed in his shack or his little warehouse space where he does all his awesome design stuff. Um, if you go to the shack sessions on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram, you can find that stuff. Um, and he'll be launching the videos for that soon. So we're super pumped to see what Callum does with all that. As always, he's a good mate and a fantastic guest of this podcast. So, you know, want to help him out as best we can. So go check that stuff out. Uh, Anyway, enough rabbiting on. This is Oblivious Maximus, episode 53, with Matt Young from King Parrot. Literally fucking brutal! Youngie, thank you for doing my podcast. Sure, no problem. Um, so I start all of them off by asking people how they first got into music. What was the first mm-hmm. like spark that set off for you? What brought the interest out? Brought the interest. So I, it would have been in like a long, long time ago when I was probably about, I don't know, maybe five or six years old, yep. dancing around to stuff like Billy Joel and Michael <laughs> Jackson and stuff. Great. And I think there was a song by um, George Harrison. Yep. You know, I got my mindset on you. <laughs> that song. I love that song. That was the first cassette tape that I ever bought. Yeah. And, um, you know, considering that he was a member of the Beatles, I uh, consider myself to have uh, impeccably good taste <laughs> at a young age. A good foundation <laughs> for rock music. So, um, yeah. So And then I, I guess, you know, from a... From the young age, like I had an older cousin when I was, well, he's always been my older cousin. But, um, <laughs> you had him at one point. Yeah, yeah, and he was into metal and stuff, and he was into uh, Motley Crue and Poison and stuff. And yeah, and uh, so I think I was in maybe grade two or grade three, and I, I was into Poison. Yeah, um, and I had a denim jacket with the Poison open up and say "Ah uh, Patch" on the back, and I was sort of like the only kid that was sort of. You know, at, at my school out in the sort of country in Victoria that was sort of into that yeah. sort of stuff and people just, I guess, thought it was kind of weird. But, you know, I went to their concert and saw them play and was right into it and just sort of evolved from there, I guess. And yeah. probably when I was about 13 or 14, I got a bass guitar and started trying to play in bands and yeah. 
And was that, like, getting the bass and stuff, did that come from just loving poison and things like was that like where that came from like uh, uh, you know what i actually did play acoustic guitar probably when i was about eight or nine for a couple yeah. of years uh and then i that kind of tapered off and then and then i then i got it more into the heavier stuff yeah, obviously yeah. as you develop and you know get into bands like metallica and slayer and all that sort of stuff that um that i was like you know i want to do this i want to play in a, i want to yeah be in a band i want to be stuff. active and doing stuff and yeah and, and so uh it was we, me and one of my best friends, or two of my best friends at the time. We, you know, he, one of them had a drum kit, one of them had a guitar, and we sort of made little crappy demos on with cassette tapes and and stuff. And yeah, and you know, maybe a couple of years later, I um, joined an actual band uh, with one of those guys and some other people, and and, mm. and you know, started gigging and stuff. So yeah, yeah. So whereabouts did you grow up? Uh, in uh, a town called Woodend. Okay. Yeah, which is probably pretty far out. About an hour and a bit, yeah, yeah probably yeah. an hour or so, sort of out near Mount Macedon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So was getting, like, access to music like that really difficult back then? It wasn't easy, yeah. I remember uh, there was one music store in, in the next town up called Kyneton, and, and they, uh, you know, had tapes and CDs and stuff like yep. that. And, and um Thank the, you. Yeah, as as I got older, we um, you know we'd often do you know wag school and catch the train down to Melbourne and go and hang out at Extreme Aggression and yep. uh, smoke dreams and metal for <laughs> Melbourne and all that sort of stuff and just be you know I don't know if you ever went to Extreme Aggression when it was in Melbourne, I d- but did not no no but um it was a really fu- you know it, it had all the black metal stuff it had all you yeah, know right. and, and it was kind of scary for a fourteen year old fifteen year old kid to go in there and. They'd have like battery blasting and just all this obscure shit everywhere from uh, from Europe and, and and all that and 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 I just loved that stuff and yeah. um and uh, yeah it was really um yeah it really captured my imagination I guess and and it sort of has remained um, since so yeah it, it wasn't too difficult I mean I, I would listen to all the the uh, radio shows and I remember listening to this a black metal show on Geelong radio that we were able to pick up from Woodend which is nowhere oh, wow. near Geelong but yeah. we used to just listen tune in and, and like listen to it and one night we heard these blast beats and <laughs> shit and then we started ringing them up and requesting you know bestial war lust and stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> you know so yeah it's, it's yeah, it's been going on for a long time for me yeah yeah, yeah so I guess after that point did it sort of like when you started playing music and stuff, did you sort of develop a different relationship with listening to it? Because I know for me, a big thing, like I think a big turning point in the music I listened to or what I was into was when I started playing it because that's when I started like properly like learning what I liked about mm-hmm. music, I guess. that yep. Like that's when I started getting into death metal and things like that because I was like, oh, this is what I want to try and do or, yep. you know, more than Metallica and stuff like that beforehand. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I certainly. <clears throat> I mean, I've always sort of like had a soft spot for rock music as well as as the, the more extreme stuff as well. So I've kind of got a, like had a bit of a broad appreciation for everything, and um, I probably picked up the bass because it seemed easier than the guitar, um, <laughs> as I'm sure a lot of people do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm just sort of wasn't that confident in my uh, abilities, um, so. It seemed like a, a, a more realistic option for me to be become semi good at it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess really like I tried to sort of just try and develop my own style. Really, I played in this band called um, Pillow for years, which was like our high school band. And why we called it that, I have no idea. <laughs> it was just a stupid idea. And we we and we played a lot of gigs, like like local all ages gigs. Mm-hmm. And then we moved down to Melbourne, and we kept gigging down here. And we ended up, you know, playing with all of the Melbourne bands like Warped and you know Blood Duster and yeah, yeah, Legends of Motorsport and everyone pretty much and. And, uh, and and it was a kind of a unique band. It sort of had like uh, elements of clutch and mm-hmm. um, elements of more extreme stuff. And you know, like we do like weird sort of reggae bits or you know, like it, we really had no sort of um, lid. Yeah. Um, 
per se and, and, it, and it was interesting and then I kind of got into I played in another band called Stiff Meat for a while mm-hmm. which was more uh, like a heavy stone of rock kind of thing which it, it was, wasn't like super slow it, some songs were but it also had faster parts as well but yeah yeah so um you know in the early in my earlier sort of days in my early uh 20s and stuff like that that was kind of where i was at with it yeah and then i uh you know obviously now i've always liked grindcore and always loved extreme music death metal and thrash and and all that sort of stuff so i guess now being in uh King Parrot, I, I just sort of, and and the first sort of time, real time that I've been of just doing vocals, yeah, um, yeah, it's opened up a whole another sort of creative outlet, mm. I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Like, I, I think that that's sort of like framing how you get into things then as well mm. is like using that development and growth and stuff, mm. and then finding that, you know, the way you can interact with heavier things and stuff as well. Sure. Um. I guess when I sort of focus this question on a lot of people who live in Melbourne is that like um, how like the culture was for you or how you perceive the culture in terms of playing live music and stuff here because mm-hmm. it was really different for me in terms of living in Canberra yeah I my only yeah <laughs> well my, my exposure to it was like you literally you when you're a kid you play at youth centres then you turn 18 and you mm. play at the two pubs yep. and then you know, then after that point, the world sort of opened up for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was all I knew was just like these two different mm-hmm. things that you could do. What yep. was it like? What was your experience like with that sort of stuff? Okay, early on, yeah, we were much the same playing youth centres and halls and yeah, all those sort of places. I remember, you know, I was a, I was a real uh, letter writer and tape into the tapes <laughs> yeah, and yeah. everything. So I, I would get the hot metal magazine every mm-hmm. uh, every month and and get get to the it was called uh, Fresh Flesh, the middle part that had all the Aussie stuff in it. Yeah. And, you know, it would review all the demo tapes and I would, like, often, you know, write to most of the bands that were there and mm-hmm. get, you know, buy their tape and and, um, and all that and and, uh, and T-shirts and, and, and really support the Australian music scene. I, really, I got right into that... Uh, Warhead Records, was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, Back in the day. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so um, that really... I, I remember being introduced to Dreadnought mm-hmm. uh, uh, back when I was probably 15 and they we, tr- we traded tapes and I sent them the pillow demo of, of our band at the time and they thought it was hilarious and yeah. they were like why don't you just come and play yeah. uh, with us and uh and we did a few shows with them. We did a couple of all ages shows, but they got us our first gig in an actual pub, and it was in Ballarat. Yeah, right. And um, we were—I must have been fifteen or sixteen—and mm. got absolutely shit faced. And, <laughs> and uh, as you do at that, age. yeah, I was so excited. We played in a pub, you know, yeah. and and uh, and then as soon as we finished playing, we had to go straight upstairs, and we weren't allowed to come down and watch the bands. Yeah. And the venue were being really uh, strict about it. But mm. you know, just getting opportunities like that um, at such a young age was really cool. And um, and still to still be friends with those guys as well who are uh, awesome and I actually play in a band with one of them now yeah, yeah. Uh, in Squiz mm. is um, was really great and they gave sort of gave us a bit of an introduction into into what it was uh, like to get in, into the pub scene and not long after that I got down to Melbourne and I think the first ever time I played in Melbourne was at the Public Bar which is now called something else I believe um, uh, what's it called. I, yeah, it is, about, some, it is something else. Yeah. It's got a, like a long name. Yeah. It's like a sentence or something. Yeah. Um, and then and we also played at the Empress and then we played it, got a gig at the Tote. And, yeah. you know, t- the Tote for me was um, was something that I really gravitated to as a youngster. And, yeah. and I remember doing work experience or something in, in the city and, and, and making a special trip just to go and look in the window of the Tote, <laughs> uh, even though it wasn't open. Yeah, I yeah. just wanted to feel that thing and um and that ended up in me sort of being you know i d- 
did heaps of shit at the tote over the years as a youngster and yeah. uh, I used to sit in the office with Luke Roberts who was the band booker at the time and I would listen to all the demo tapes and stuff for him and have a little book of all the bands and yeah, right. you know, never fucking book this band at the tote <laughs> <laughs> these dudes suck you know and, and, and just you know sort through all the crap and I used to do the washing and I used to paint the walls and yeah, wow. do all that sort of stuff there and I just loved the tote and um and what it was about and 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 the fact that i was a young raging alcoholic as well probably uh went hand in hand with it (laughs) i'll spend all my time in a pub but yeah i mean we would play every gig that we could we'd play thursday nights we'd play any night we could anytime they couldn't get a bill together i'd be like oh i'll get it i'll do it and 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 i'll i'll make it happen and the punters club was still going then as well which was another fantastic venue that was really you know sad that that one closed down because so many great things happened in there you know it yeah. was such so many great shows it had a really good vibe and mm. um you know the SB was in in full swing back then and we sort of just slowly got made those connections and um you know bands like uh you know obviously warped but Rakane were also around yeah. still at that time and sort of always been friends with brett and mm-hmm. and um the stuff that he's done and, and you know becoming friends with the guys from Blood Duster as well they were sort of always doing stuff and yeah. um, you know giving us a chop out in, 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 a, in a way and the sense of um, you know the sense of community in the, in the music scene back when I was sort of growing up was really strong yeah. and, and uh, I mean you know I don't have the uh, desire or urge or need to hang out in pubs every day anymore but back then i did and and um and it was uh it was awesome i I just loved it so much and you know i'd love going to the toad for tuesday night two dollar pots or one dollar pots it was back then and just seeing new bands and making friends and and it's you know i i hope it's still the same i guess it's kind of yeah well i mean a new generation moves through those things i guess and i mean and that's one of those places too that like it stood the test of time mm. like shows that I played there two weeks ago three yeah, weeks yeah. Ago, you know like it's still yeah. they're still doing good shows and they're still mm. supporting local bands a lot and absolutely I mean which is awesome I, I, like I think a big thing for me was like when I moved here or I guess when my first band started playing here we'd always play at the art house which is like an, yep. you know another one of those sort of yeah. like legacy type places sure. where you'd heard all the hype about the shows that had happened there yeah. or whatever and like I, it was really interesting for me moving here because yeah as I said like that just didn't exist in Canberra for, at least for me mm. like my age group didn't really have a, a bar or something like that like we kind of just dealt with the venues that we could deal with and <laughs> just played at them or whatever yeah. which has changed in Canberra now like it's a lot yeah. better there now yeah and they're sort of they've developed like reliable venues and a scene and things like that and that was sort of towards the end of me living there it was like that too but it was yeah it is like you can really tell that here like it almost seems like some venues have like built bands like bands have come out of being from those venues or you know having the opportunity to play at places like that too yeah um is that is that like initial seed like obviously king parrot have done a considerable amount of stuff at the tote with the tote was that seed planted back then something you felt you just got to pay back to that or um yeah i guess you know i guess like the the origins of of king parrot could probably be drawn back to the toad at some point and and we did a really we hadn't played there for ages and we did a really great show there last year and it went it was on a sunday night and and it sold out yeah before the show and everything and they i don't know how many people they let in there but it was (laughs) <laughs> absolutely mental like yeah, one of the crazy. most mental shows we've ever done and um it was so you know it was just nice to be able to go back there and go you know from playing there as a you know bushy-tailed little 15 16 <laughs> year old yeah. um and not having any idea and playing to 10 people and then to be able to do that you know 15 years later or 20 years later it's like it was really cool and and obviously you know the people that work there and that own it and 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 friends with them and have been for many years so it was really nice to uh to be able to do that but um yeah i, I guess the, the 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 relationships in our in our band and stuff would have all sort of 
come about from hanging out at the tote and mm. and and stuff like that and spending way too much time and money at, at the bar <laughs> yeah. um especially um slats and myself like <laughs> yeah the, and and squiz as well i mean squiz is older than us and mm. um you know being a, a member of uh, mustang as well who were also a notoriously drunk band <laughs> um I, you know, it was, uh, he was destined down the path yeah yeah so you know it's been it's been actually really good for for us to to go a bit to be one of those bands that get, you know like sort of was in the formative stages around the around the tote and and places like that and and be able to sort of do something because you it, you know, on a on an international kind of level, yeah, in a yeah. way, and try and get out of there mm. because that's often one of the hardest things for um, for Aussie bands to kind of yeah, do. You know, and sure. and, and it, it, I, it's kind of discouraging in, in a lot of ways because um, the the sheer cost and commitment that's uh, required to be an international touring band on a regular basis is absolutely ridiculous yeah particularly and, when you're based on the literal other side of the world yeah from where like, you need to go <laughs> yeah i mean and, and it's like you, you can go to asia and shit but yeah you know i mean it's that's not where it, no one's not got where's everything here. happening you know, yeah yeah you know, like no one's got you know people can't like we did our first ever tour in indonesia yeah and 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 we paid and we went over there and we got there and we had all this merch and everything and we were just like we ended up just throwing all the t-shirts away you know it was like <laughs> these kids haven't got any money yeah, you yeah. Know? And, and a lot of that's, that's, that's the case in a lot of the places in Asia especially like Indonesia and, yeah. and stuff but and it was more more of an experience kind of thing but you know to go to the States and yeah. to, you know the, the visa process in itself is like it's a nightmare yeah. every single time you know like the last mm. time we went overseas I got our passports at five minutes to five on the day before we were leaving, mm. and they called the cops on me and all this shit. I was I was at the U.S. consulate in Melbourne, sitting there and refused to leave until yeah. they gave us my passports and they called the fucking federal police on me Jesus. and had them there. And I just said I'm not going until we've got our passports because if I don't get on that plane tomorrow, I'm going to lose a shit ton of money. Yeah, and so I'll go to jail for the night if you want, if that's what you want to do, or you can just put that little bit of paper in my passport and I'll and leave. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> And I'll and, be uh, I think way. we all agreed that that was that the, was the best outcome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I guess if you track back then, what what was sort of the the seed that was planted that got King Parrot going? Um, well, initially it was myself and Ari and uh, and Matt Rizzo who used to play in Blood yep. Duster, and and we would just jam and um up at the jam hut in preston mm-hmm. and uh we were just it was just mucking around really we had this idea about a band and they'd just finished doing another band that they were in called uh watchdog discipline i believe they were called and <laughs> and i think uh which was very metal yeah. and uh i was and rizzo wasn't doing much with blood duster at the time i don't think and yeah. or might not have even been in the band at the time um and so we started doing that and having fun with that and they just asked me to sing, and, and uh, I didn't think that my skills as a bass player were probably going to be up to the sort of level yeah. that required to play grindcore. Sure. I mean, I probably could have if I had have applied myself, but I didn't. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, I wanted to explore, you know, just doing vocals as well. And um, so we jammed a lot. We played a few shows. And I think I moved overseas for a year and went over to Denmark and lived over there for a while and, and, and then came back and then we sort of got the ball rolling with it again and started yeah, right. doing did an LEP and mm-hmm. um, started you know touring and, and, and doing stuff like that but we went through a couple of different bass players and until we got slats and um, we had uh, uh, a guy named uh, Nudes Dan Dan Kirk mm-hmm. um, who, who played in that band with Ari and Rizzo beforehand and Eddie Lacey who also played in the Berserker mm-hmm. He played guitar for us uh, for a little while, and before Squiz came on board, and and I think as people kind of left, we were starting to do some interstate shows and stuff, and and Ari and I have always been kind of very sort of uh, the driven kind of yeah. ones in the band that want to push it and 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 be able to do something more mm-hmm. um, with it than, as opposed to just being a sort of. Um, Local pub band, yeah, local whatever. pub band. Yeah. You know, just another. What was that old Blood Duster song? Another slack-ass Aussie <laughs> band. You know, we didn't want to be that. You yeah. Know? And 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 
and there was there's been plenty of those you know and and we wanted to do something different i guess and i think we made it as people left the band when we started doing more shows and stuff and then we we just went we got to have people that are in it yeah because they want to do it and they're prepared to like Make the sacrifices we're willing yeah. to make and do the things we're willing to do. And, yeah. And, 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 yeah, you know, I'll be broke and, <laughs> and be, and, you know, but, but, you know, piss in the, piss caution to the wind, you know, basically. Sure. And, and that was kind of what we did on our, on our, um, first tour when we went overseas and stuff was we just went, you know what, this is going to cost us a shitload of money, but we've been touring in Australia for a year or two now and we've saved up enough that we can do it. Yeah. Let's do it and do it the best way that we can and mm-hmm. just getting over there. And I think we did like 40 odd shows on our first tour over there. We played at South by Southwest. Yeah. Did a few shows with Cattle Decapitation in California and toured the rest of the States with a band called Vatnet Viscar and another one called Vaporizer. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of those shows were just horrible, you know. They just suck, yeah. you know. You're playing to three, four people, five, ten people the next night. Yeah. You do six or seven of those in a row and, and morale in the group really... Uh, <laughs> Starting to yeah, drop. Yeah, everyone starts getting a bit... <laughs> and then you're like, oh. And, and then, you know, luckily you'll get a good gig somewhere, you know, and a bunch of people will turn up and you have fun. And, mm. you know, it's testing. It's really testing. But that's, they're the things that you've got to do as a, as a, uh, as a band if you, if you want to try and... Um, yeah, well, you can't. It, I think that's that's one of the hard points for bands from Australia mm. as well. Is that that like breaking point too? Mm. Is that you can't expect that the first time you go somewhere that you're going to have the same amount of people as you did in Australia, where, mm. where you've been playing for five years or whatever. Yeah. You know, like you when you go over there, you have to expect literally the least amount of support for anything. Yep. Because you're new. Yep. Like you're just like a local band now. Like. You know? Yeah, yeah. No one gives a shit about you in America. That's for yeah. sure. And and I don't care if you're from Australia or whatever. You've really got to earn your uh, your earn, earn your stripes over there. And um, but I, it, it did lead on to more. You know, we got to do the South by Southwest thing. Yeah, which was cool. And we made a lot of contacts there. And we we met our management um, team for the first time on that first tour. And um, you know, established our relationship with the booking agent a little bit more, and he got to see us actually play live. And yeah. we were so eager, and you know, we were just going absolutely tropo and doing yeah. our thing that we we do, and, and making sure that when people came to see us, that they would remember it. And um, and uh, from that, you know, I think we we got home from that, and and uh, Matt Skitz was playing drums with us at the time, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, and he sort of decided that it wasn't for him and then we got uh, Toddy yep. in and, and Toddy was <laughs> strangely enough uh, ready to almost hang up the sticks and, and just sort of yeah, right. you know, call it quits and, and, and we we were playing one of the last shows with Skits up in Brisbane and, and we did the Gold Coast and Brisbane I think and, um, and uh, Toddy's band would always support us up there and and we were just watching him play, just and Ari and I were standing there, just going, "Let's just get this guy." Yeah. Let's ask him. You know, who cares if where he's from or whatever? Let's just ask him because he seems like you know, and he played in the Berserker before and everything. So yeah, yeah, it was good. And then and since then, you know, we went out and we did you know toured with Origin after that in the states, and then we stayed over there in the states after that tour, and we were supposed to go out with Cryptopsy about a month, like there was going to be a month break in between, and we organised to go and write the most recent record that we did dead set we wrote that up in the woods in Vermont yep. up at a friend's place and then uh, yeah we uh, were supposed to go on tour with Cryptopsy and it got cancelled Yeah. Um, so we scrambled this 11 date tour together and we ended up jumping on some shows with Unearth and things like that playing these much bigger shows than we'd played before you know yeah, right. just going holy you know we were out with Unearth and Darkest Hour and Carnifex and these and our friends from Black Crown Initiate were on that as well at the mm-hmm. time and Scrambled a couple of those kind of shows together, and then we also went down and played at the uh, House Call Horror Fest, yeah, yeah, where we got to play at Emos in Austin, which is massive venue, mm. and you know on the main stage and just playing in front of a massive um, audience yeah, that we'd yeah. only sort of really played at in front of over here a handful of times, but we were doing it in America. Just going, what? The yeah, that's sick. this is insane. Mm. And then, and then we went on, then we toured with Down like yeah a I couple saw of, you yeah yeah show. that's right yeah <laughs> and we were playing yeah venues like the Wilton and the Fillmore and, and yeah yeah and I'm just like what the fuck is a shitty little grind band from Australia doing yeah yeah playing at the fucking Fillmore in San Francisco where like 
the Who played, yeah. and, you know, like yeah, crazy. you know, and, and Metallica played there, and every, everyone's played there, you know. So yeah, yeah it was cool. It's been, it's been some cool shit that's happened for us. Yeah, yeah. And do, would you attribute all like most of that, the way that's gotten there, through just that grind of dealing with the shit stuff to get to the good stuff? Yeah, I reckon. Like, I guess we've. I don't know. Because I mean, you you guys play a ton of shows. Yeah. Like you and you continue to play a ton of shows. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think the break that we're having at the moment, we haven't. We've had two months. We're gonna have two months off mm. by the time the break's over. That's the longest time we've had off in probably three or four years. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. Uh, it is. It, once once the ball gets rolling and you kind of get into the rhythm of it, then mm. and and then I guess. You, you kind of you go away on tour and you kind of have a good time and sometimes there's shitty times and all that but yeah. you get into the tour sort of routine and you you enjoy it because it's it's what you want to do and it's what you love doing and and sure you only got that one hour of the day where you're performing and the other 23 hours of the day kind of suck a lot of the time <laughs> but um you come home and then shit kind of hits the fans yeah, <laughs> and yeah. you're like you got oh, when's the next one <laughs> when can I leave yeah, again yeah but I guess now we feel like we're kind of established in a, in a way and people know about our band and yeah. we, we've made friends with a lot of people that we'd never even... We, when we started doing the band, we never had any like super goals to be doing what we're doing now. Yeah. So it's been one of those... It's just been one of those weird things where you just kind of roll with the punches and, and the opportunities have just kept coming you know we played with we're going out with obituary in exodus in um in, in october in europe and, and yeah. we played a show with obituary a couple of years ago in melbourne and mm. toddy kind of knows him and squeeze kind of knows him and then all of a sudden bang we're going out with obituary for five weeks you yeah, know? Well, so yeah just little things like that i mean you guys have done similar stuff i guess and, yeah yeah as well, well yeah like and i think that's i think that's something that a lot of people like, I think a lot of people think, like, oh, if you do this, so you have this manager, if you have that, then that's what you get. But, like, literally every cool thing we've got has mm. been from people we know. Yeah. Like, yeah. or, like, you know, I mean, <clears throat> we've obviously played a lot of shows and done records and whatever. Yeah. But, like, I would attribute, like, all the best stuff we've done is from just, like, oh, yeah, do you want to, do you guys want to do this? Yeah, we want to go do that. And then yeah. it's ended up being the coolest thing ever. Like, you know, mm. like... And it's all just because of not being a massive cunt and yeah. like, you know, trying hard mm. and, you know, yeah. like not being rude to people. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, like, you know, and it's so, sometimes I think it just takes so much more energy to be a cunt, you know, yeah. I can't be bothered with that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I really, I can't be bothered with that anymore. Um, yeah. It's, it's much easier to be nice and... Um, and, and, and one of the other things, I guess, that is, is a common thing uh, in Australia that and it's not so much in America I know you've spent a bit of time over there as well like yeah. in America it seems like people that do bands and, and do creative endeavours are more uh, encouraged generally by society or yeah. by uh, anyone really like it's it's like oh you're in a band great man that's that's so cool yeah, what are you yeah. guys doing oh you play heavy metal well I don't like heavy metal but that's so great you know <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and stuff like that whereas here like well, you're playing a band, do you? Yeah. When are you going to get a real job, you yeah, know? And yeah, it's yeah. like that, and that's and 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 uh, a big part of um, what we've done has been a, a big fuck you to those that sort of attitude yeah, and outlook, yeah. and and um, and and not really giving a shit what people think or say or mm. um, how they view you or, or whatever. I mean, I know you know people that I've grown up with and whatever. They kind of like. <laughs> still yeah, playing yeah. in that heavy metal band and it's like you know what fuck you I, yeah. I don't care like I love it and that's what I love doing that's what I've always loved doing and when I was 15 or 16 years old I was like my mum was like so what are you going to do and stuff and I'm like I want. I just want to play in a band yeah. like I don't want to go to university you know and I'm probably not going to go to university yeah and, oh, but you could do this and that and I'm just like I just want to fucking play in a band yeah really well, I mean, that's, that's it that's the kind of thing that I think like I think a lot of people don't un who don't do this stuff or have those experiences like they they don't really understand how like well like obsessive you can become about it and how mm. like addicted you get to the feeling you get of playing in front of people and like 
the feel of like satisfaction you get of like holding a record you've played mm. on and shit mm-hmm. like that you know and like like even something is like trivial after years of doing it, it's like getting a cool new shirt like ah oh, this shirt design's mad like yeah. you get satisfaction out of that and it's like yeah. I'm sure some people get that same satisfaction out of something they do at work or something that they've got with their partner or something but like it's this weird those of us that do this thing it's this weird pocket of society where like what intrigues us and makes us enthusiastic is something that's relatively untangible to people who aren't involved yeah, with it yeah you know? and that's like, fine as well and whatever floats your boat really yeah, yeah. Uh, but um you know having something that's creative and it's cool and better <laughs> <laughs> yep correct <laughs> is uh <coughs> is uh, what I want to do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, that feeling, you know, I mean, that feeling of getting your vinyl, you know, that that feeling for me, that's yeah, kind of part of why I do it. Yeah. Know? And I've actually, like, on our last record, I we had, you know, we had our Australian label and our Europe label and our uh, US label and mm-hmm. I was just like, all right, everyone's doing different vinyl different yeah. you know and there's like seven or eight different versions of it <laughs> that's sick. It's all different records and i yeah. was like you know and it's cool and i know people here in australia that love vinyl and, and yeah and, and the fans of our band that have like obsessively ordered every single different copy of it yeah i've and done it with like everything yeah. i can find for i had god i'm just like oh, i'm gonna have it <laughs> exactly yeah and uh yeah it's um it, it's cool, man. I, I I wouldn't change it for anything, and and no. just the opportunity, the amount of work that you do put into it as well, and basically, it's a it's a massive gamble as well when you're kind of yeah. trying to do it like the, it, this way, and and that was something that I was I kind of set up my life in a way to to, to take a gamble on it, mm-hmm. um, and and you know I I put all my shit in storage a few years ago and said, hey, mum. I guess who's coming back? Yeah. It's me. <laughs> I haven't lived with you since I was like 15, but I'm coming back. I, I know I'm like 30 now, but and uh, and and she, you know she was. I said, look, I'm not going to be here much. We're going to do this. We're going to try and do this, and and uh, you know, and, and it's it, it, luckily it kind of um, has worked out, and you know, there's still a lot of work to do, and and we're the kind of. Um, we we identified all the guys in the band like when the, when people left and came in you know the, 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 we wanted them to be like lifers and people that yeah. were in it for the long haul and you know sometimes it's going to be it's going to be super busy and you're not going to be home much and mm. we're all sort of taking that on board and there's also the the understanding that that life does happen too and and that anyone's situation can happen can change at any time yeah. and that if that is the case then we understand it and, and we talk about that shit and yeah um yeah one of the one of the intru- more interesting things I, I i find um when we're working with a group of men yes um is that how hard it is to talk about shit yeah you know sure. it is it's 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 not easy for a lot of men to to talk openly and honestly with other men yeah. you know and and, well, they, and they may not have had that experience before exactly open to them yeah, exactly, and and that's something that we've really, you know, well, me specifically, because it's been a big part of my life, and um, you know, I I, <clears throat> I used to use a lot of drugs and alcohol back in my twenties and stuff, and and, and a, a big part of me like moving away from that and being able to sort of focus on doing the band and doing the business and stuff mm. has been actually talking about shit and putting my hand up and saying, hey, yeah, I'm I'm fucked up, I need some help. Yeah, you right. Know? And uh, and I guess a lot of those things that I've learned from from doing recovery and getting getting well, um, as opposed to being a drug fucked little pisshead, yeah. uh, <laughs> is uh, has been talking, you know. And 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 I find, found it to be a really beneficial thing, even when like the guys in our band. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, man, let's just fucking talk. Yeah, let's just talk. I know you want to punch me in the face, but let's we got to get it out of the way, and it's yeah. going to feel better. Yeah, and you know yeah. what? And, and as, as uncomfortable it is to try and make that situation happen sometimes, and people try and avoid it. Mm. Nearly every single fucking time, everyone feels heaps better after they've done it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, it's like it's, yeah. that's yeah. that should be obvious. Yeah, but it's not. No, you know, it's, it's not. Like, and so you know, and some some parts of society or whatever it is, it's kind of almost frowned upon. Mm. And it's like, come on. I mean, to me, that's 
you're not a big tough guy, I guess, to um, uh, to not show any emotion you know to me it's, it's yeah. more courageous and braver to be able to actually talk you know and, and yeah, say yeah. rather than oh, no, nothing fucking bothers me and, uh, yeah. And, and, uh, yeah well it's just like a waste of time at the end of the day yeah. all you're gonna do is hold yourself up like yeah. if you want to push through things and get past them mm. you gotta cut through it you don't mm. fucking be a brick wall you know like I mean but was so it was like getting sober and things like that was that a hard thing to do in the environment that you'd sort of, you know, started going down, I guess. Yeah. Playing music and stuff like that. Yeah, it continually is a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, it's always in your face. There's always people um, offering me drinks every day. There's yeah. always, you know, there's people doing drugs around me. Mm. There's people, um, you know, it, it uh, probably got to a point where I just find it... Because I... Because I've been through it and I know it bad enough for me that I wanted to stop completely. Yeah. Um, you know, when you see other people do it, it's uh, you know, especially when you're close with them and things like that, it, it, it's it sucks. Mm. Um, and you know, especially when you can see, you know, that like they're happy when they're rough their fucking faces and then they're not happy. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, and then they're like supremely unhappy, <laughs> and it's like that's when you can notice a like, problem. Yeah, and it's like, man. You know, I, I mean, you don't want to be preachy and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But, um, I think, you know, for for the most part, our band, is, is it functions a lot better these days now that we, we are open and, and, and stuff about it and people still, you know, drink and all that sort of stuff and and whatnot. But um, it's, it's done in a more, you know, there's, there's hopefully some thought behind it and, sure. and like... If we were just doing it as a hobby band, like, sure, you know, go and take heroin before we play. Like, I don't think, you know, if it's just, we're just fucking around. But we're actually out there trying to do it's these bigger work. tours and it's, yeah. it is work, you know. And, and it's like, if you're only going to sort of put in half an effort, then why are you even doing it, you know? Like, yeah, it's, yeah. what's the point, you know? You want to try and make it the best that you possibly can and not take it for granted. And, and it's so, like, I hate to use the word fucking competitive, but... There are so many bands out. It's not like it's a competition, but there are so many bands out yeah. there that really want to have a have a crack at, at at making a living from what they love doing. And if you're not on top of your shit, you're all not the gonna time, be there. Then you ain't gonna fucking do it. Like, yeah. and and we, you know, our, our band, we ain't spring chickens either. So yeah. it's like we sort of kind of a little bit behind the schedule of things. We didn't like we weren't around in the days of. The, the, like when people were still making shitloads of money from CD sales yeah yeah for sure. instance you yeah. know and, and the record company will go hey there's a million fucking dollars or these five hundred thousand dollars to mm. do your next album and go on a rad tour it's like you gotta fucking work your ass off if you wanna go on tour now yeah you know? yeah exactly you, you gotta bust your balls yeah. you gotta have a plan mm. and um and uh that's what we you know we try and do and and uh you know so far it's been it's been good but yeah going back to the drug and alcohol sober thing yeah it is uh it is challenging and we've been on tour with some bands that like to fucking party yeah like we have been on you know it's 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 tough mm. it's it's hard and you see people getting led astray and acting how they wouldn't normally act and doing all that sort of stuff and i kind of like get sometimes a bit i guess defensive and uh curl up in a little ball mm. you know and just like fuck off yeah. <laughs> everyone yeah. you know but you know part of it for me I guess is like I like to whenever we get to a new place I just like to go for a massive walk after we've yeah. loaded in or whatever I just go for a walk on my own mm. and uh, have a bit of time and you know call someone back home and touch base and yeah. uh, those sort sorts of things are how I uh, deal with that but um, but yeah it has been a, it is it is it does it doesn't really get that much easier yeah you yeah know? and especially with the show that we put on like yeah. the amount of times I've just been drenched in beer and <laughs> had people like trying to pour drinks down my throat and yeah, yeah. stuff and um, things like that and it goes with the territory I guess and I try not to get too precious about it because I know that it's not me actively grabbing the beer and drinking it yeah yeah um if a bit of a drop of beer flicks in my mouth or something but I am pretty stringent about it you know I, I can't drink you know it's yeah. I, if I drink I will 
continue to drink and then won't stop for probably several days. Um, <coughs> yeah. You know, things like well, that. Well, I mean, so. I guess if, like, I guess that that's the thing, though, too. Like, you need to be conscious of, like, mm. it's it's your thing to deal with. It's not yeah. everyone else's thing to deal with. Yeah. You know, like, it exactly. is. Exactly. It's your responsibility. and Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what are the, like, what's your, what's the plan then? Or, or I guess what are the, like, goals moving forward for King Parrot at the moment, at least? Well, we, I guess we want to, uh, we really want to do this new record soon and we're still trying to decide where and when and how it's going to happen, but we've got a lot of the material ready. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're going to Europe soon, as I mentioned, with Obituary, and that'll probably be the last tour that we um, do over there before we put out a new record. So sure. that's cool. I feel like we've made some good inroads in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, we, we toured with Soulfly earlier yeah, yeah. in the year, and that was a really big one. And yeah, awesome. Um, it was more of a mainstream metal crowd, I guess. Sure, yeah. For us, but I, I think Obituary and Exodus is probably uh, it'll take you back in that angle that you yeah, want to. Yeah, I think we're going to probably you know be able to relate to the fans a little bit more sure. of, of those bands that, as opposed to Soulfly, which was a lot of you know Machine Head and Lamb of God shirts and yeah, stuff like yeah, that, yeah. which is fine and everything, but. Um, a lot of went over a lot of people's heads um, yeah so yeah we've got that um, we might do an, like a summer Aussie tour and we're not the, th- the thing about what we're doing now it's we don't feel like we're in a race against the clock <laughs> yeah. anymore and, and, and at the start initially we kind of felt like we we're in this race and we have to tour as much as we can and we have to get out there and mm. do it where now we're sort of more like you know let's just try and concentrate and focus on doing really good stuff yeah, yeah. Uh, as opposed to the volume let's make sure that the quality is really good sure so, yeah um, but yeah I mean that being said if it all collapsed and died tomorrow I'd still be like that was fucking cool yeah that was for fun. sure it, it was it went it, you know what started out as a bit of a joke at the jam hut in Preston mm. um, it was three mates just getting absolutely shit faced and <laughs> um Riding grind like the shit that we've done in that time in this short sort of you know four or five years has, has been like really uh, incredible and, and an amazing experience that we've probably spent more time in the last two years in America than when we have in Australia yeah and um, and, and 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 thrown in a, like three Europe tours as well mm. so um, yeah but I think yeah we'll just try and continue to just improve I think that's now that we've got a solid lineup, like when we did the last record, we only had Toddy in the band for like six months. Yeah. So the, it's a bit hard creating stuff with him, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't. We like we we did we did it, and and it was cool. And I mean, I got fucking nominated for an Aria. So. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and it was cool, but I think as a band, you know, and the chemistry and stuff in the band has has developed and changed a bit, and. And um, I think we're like in a better position to write a more mature and more like nastier album. Sure. I, I think, and um, from from what the shit that we're doing now, um, you know, it's it's certainly got another edge to it that's that's gone further again, and um, that's what it feels like for me anyway. And I'm writing some seriously like more pissed off kind of yeah. lyrics and I, I really got influenced by um by that band Nails yeah I really fucking like them and mm. just the way that they go about their shit and just fucking nasty yeah just yeah really nasty and that's and um you know when, when I've spoken with Ari about the sort of direction that we want to take in the new, new album I mean we're not get, we, it's King Parrot we're going to sound like yeah, King yeah. Parrot but we really want to kind of remember that that angst and that fucking anger that we felt when we were doing that first record as mm-hmm. well. So we're going to try and bring a bit of that in, and um, yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be fun, and no doubt we'll tour a lot when that comes out at yeah. some point next year. We want, I want to do a, like a big Aussie tour, like a big fucking grind tour that goes all around Australia and, mm-hmm. and does lots of regional shows and. Um, yeah, I was spoke, speaking to our booking agent about that the other day, and I was just like, man, I want to play all those fucking places in far north Queensland, and, yeah, yeah. and play all the way up the Queensland coast and get to like Rockhampton and mm. Bundaberg and these sort of places where you know you get messages and stuff. Oh, come and play up here, and it's like, yeah. 
how the fuck are we going to do that? But like, <laughs> I want to do it and I want to be able to go and play in Dubbo or Tamworth or mm. in Orange and Broken Hill or, you know, Wagga or... Yeah, yeah. You know, go to those places where mo- most bands that play our sort of music sort of don't yeah. really get to go to. And mm. um, yeah, so that's that's a goal of mine on this next tour is, is to expand the reach in Australia a little bit more yeah a little bit more yeah we're sort of doing a few we've been conscious of that on this album cycle as well is trying to do regional stuff and getting out to regional people and and playing those sort of shows because sometimes they're just the best fucking shows because fans don't go out there and that when they they're starved you, for the music yeah when you get out there they just go fucking crazy and it's so much fun and um yeah so that's uh something that I really want to do go out on tour for a month or two in Australia and do that and I guess um, you know whatever happens internationally will happen yeah. um, you sort of don't get a great deal of say in that you get submitted for a bunch of tours and sometimes they say hey yep you're it mm. and not most of the time they say no you're not it yeah, yeah. you sort of get what you're given sometimes until you sort of get to that point where you can go hey we're going on tour yeah. and yeah. we're going to choose who's coming sure, and yeah. we're quite not quite at that sort of stage yet but we've made a lot of great friends and sort of influential dudes in the music yeah. scene that you know people that listen to people like Max Cavalier or listen to people like Phil Anselmo or whatever like they listen to them and they go oh well they're listening to that so I'm going to check it out yeah and, sure and that is important yeah, I guess it's a, and it's a good inroad to have and it's one of those things too that exactly. like I think you know, some people would place like solely importance on that or place like no importance on it, but like you got to be balanced as well. Yeah. Like you have to have a balance of, you know, people say, singing your praises, but then as well, you got to be busting your ass. Yeah. And that's exactly right. That's, and that's exactly what we've tried to do. Mm. And that's, that's sort of been the whole thing from the start is just to have that work ethic that, uh, you know, what we, lack in talent or skill <laughs> we're going to make up with working harder yeah sure and um, you know I think that can be applied to any thing in life mm. you know if you work hard enough at it and, and want to do it bad enough then you'll probably get there in the end you know yeah, and, yeah. Um, it's just a matter of uh, knuckling down and, and giving it a red hot go yeah fucking nice. a red hot Aussie go <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're all here for um all right. Well, is there anything you would like to spruik or promote? Well, maybe just a couple of Aussie shows that we've got coming up. Is, Please do. Is um, we're playing on the 9th of September at the Loft in Warrnambool, and then the 10th of September at the New Dead Festival in Adelaide at the um, Fowlers Live, mm-hmm. and then on the 16th of September we play at the Suki Lounge in Belgrave and then on the 17th of September we play at the Music Man Megastore there you go coolest name for a venue ever <laughs> and that's in Bendigo so yeah we'll be up in Bendigo we haven't been well uh, we haven't been up there for a while yeah so, right so um, yeah that'll be cool that'll yeah. be fun it's a strange old place Bendigo but uh, we're going to get back. back there yeah man <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll see how it goes Awesome. Well, thank you again for doing this. Thank you very much for your support.